Welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is our Mule Tip Tuesday show. And I usually do these live on uh, Facebook or Instagram. But we're going to be jumping on a plane here in a little bit. And going to our first clinic of the year in uh, Fort Pierce, Florida. So looking forward to that. And looking forward to the warm weather. This morning it snowed about all oh, about an inch or two here at home and it's cold and icy and so that warm weather sure sounds good to me uh today is january 26 2021 it's swayze our sweet daughter swayze it's her birthday today and she just turned six so that was fun hanging out through this morning she wanted a fishing pole so that's what i got her <laughs> but everything is frozen around here so i don't know when we're going to be able to fish but uh We'll do lots of it this summer, so good day for Swayze. So for today's Meal Tip Tuesday, I uh, I was going through my journal like I usually do for these Meal Tip Tuesdays, and I come across a little, little uh, sentence I wrote, um, and it's uh, it really reminded me of some things that I need to work on and get better at and I know it would help you guys too Um, but what I wrote down was be particular about how you exit and exercise don't stop manually and I had that underlined I was trying to recall when I wrote that what I was doing what I was thinking what mule I was working with and I don't quite remember what mule I was working with but I remember this come up at a clinic one time where a participant was was working through an exercise and and they did really good. And in fact, the exercise I remember was um, roll the hind, roll the front under saddle. So you're you're in the saddle, you yield the hindquarters over three steps, and then you bring the front over one step or however many steps you want. But basically, you roll the hind, roll the front, and this mule operated very nicely and it did a good job and and the the rider did a good job asking and presenting it to the mule but after that did the good job the rider slammed it to a stop so basically instead of just quitting and sitting down and getting a nice stop the the rider had to pull on the mule to get him to stop now let me set this up and hopefully it'll help you understand why I wouldn't want to do that. So if you go way back to the groundwork process, you go all the way back to the very beginning, and you think about how we set up each step, the very first step in our groundwork process is to clear the fronts and do these little half circles, basically, or quarter circles or a full circle, whatever, and then just quit and let that mule find the stop and it it might not want to stop so sometimes you do block it but over a period of time you'll be able to go from maybe having to block that mule every now and again to you just quit and the mule quits and if you don't get this going on the ground it is really miserable in the saddle to get going 
and it just doesn't come together as good. So if you do a good job up through that groundwork and then you get in the saddle and I'll I'll mention the prerequisite to rolling the hind roll in the front, which is our lateral stops, or some people call it a one-rein stop, or doubling. There's different words for it. But basically, you, you roll the hinds three steps, let your leg off, but keep your rein until the mule stops and softens. And, and with that, you, you quit. When you're doing a, a lateral stop or a one-rein stop, you, you sit, in your, sit down in your seat, and you sit and you quit and the mule can feel all that you quit riding so your intention leaves and that's so crucial because as you as you progress through these other steps if you if you haven't built that to where when you quit your mule quits a lot of these other pieces are going to be quite a bit more challenging i'm not saying you can't get them done but they're going to be more challenging as well as not as refined. So back to my tip for the day was, you know, be particular about how you exit and exercise. You might have done just a really good job there, like this person I'm talking about, rolling the hind roll in the front. It was a really good job. But you killed it all because you slammed the mule into a stop. So the mule did so good, and then you pulled on him. And I see this all the time with other exercises, and one that I can think of in particular that stands out almost, I see this almost every week at clinics, is transitions. Somebody will be working to try to pick up a lead. They'll be working to try to get up to the lope or to the trot. And then they finally get there, and, I, and I'll say, okay, go ahead and slow down. And they pull them to slow down. You're, you're, be careful how you how you exit, how you, you end these exercises so that you don't damage what it is you're trying to build here. That's really important. So hopefully this week's tip will give you some thought, and, and you can just apply this thought to every piece of the checklist that we teach up through the groundwork, through the snaffle bit progression, through your hackmore progression, through your terrain, and into the bridle. Be careful about how you end. You've heard the term end on a good note for, I mean, even people that are brand new to writing have, have heard that. And some people that never wrote in their lives uh, have heard that, you know, and this is part of it. So, and it's just being aware. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing because we don't, we're not aware of what we are doing, of, of what, what we're going through here, what we're trying to work on. But if you can be aware, they do a good job, pay attention to how you end. Don't stop them manually. You want to let them find that stop. And if that's not working for you, it's okay. Just go back to the beginning and get a little bit better, and then you'll be set to go. Anyways, I'd love to hear what you guys have to think about that tip today. Uh, I'd love to see your comments or, or, or read your reviews. And today's Mule Tip Tuesday is brought to you by Mules and More Magazine. Um, if you don't subscribe to Mules and More Magazine, you need to. Corey Daniels over there does a good job. Uh, I love that magazine. Visit mulesandmore.com to check out their magazine. They also have a digital version. You can you can uh, read it online anywhere you're at. You don't have to wait for the magazine. I like I personally like the hard copy, but maybe I'm old-fashioned there. But I, that's what I like. 
Today's Mule Tip Tuesday is also brought to you by the Boyd Ranch Mule Ride, which is coming up here in March. This is a good trail ride, a lot of really good people, uh, really good food. Um, we're excited because this year, along with the Boyd Ranch Mule Ride, we also get to put on a clinic. And the clinic is uh, it's filling up fast. There's still, there's still a couple of spots left. If you want to come to that, you want to ride with us, you come to the clinic for three days, and then you go do the Boyd Ranch Mule Ride for three days. And it's just a great time, and, and uh, hope to see you there. So uh, visit boydranch.org for more information on the Boyd Ranch Mule Ride. So I got a few questions that came in today, or rather for today, and um, I hope these folks tune in and listen to this. Uh, the first question I got came from Jason Smith, and Jason writes in, and these are questions, by the way, that came in on the live feed last week that I just didn't get to. So Jason's question was, I have a mule that won't lope on a left lead. That's the question. So he wants a little help. So the leads can be a lot more challenging if you if you overthink these things. The the simplest way to get a mule picking up the correct lead when you ask is to develop some good foundation pieces. If you don't have these foundation pieces, Picking up that lead will be more challenging. And I'll make a note here too that the mule will lope on the left lead if you can present it right, Jason. And I'm sure the mule, um, I, I have never had a mule that just lopes on uh, you know, one lead and, I, and never lopes on the other lead. I've had a lot of mules that I can't, I, I have trouble getting those leads and I have to work at it. But if I watch them out in the pasture, if I watch them out playing around with the others, they change leads just fine, you know. They, they can do that because uh, the mule wants to be balanced. The horse wants to be balanced. And, and it takes, it takes a, a, quite an, an advanced horse or mule, you know, because ev eventually we do ask for a counter canter. So that means I'm going to be loping to the left, but I'll be on the right lead. And a counter canter only really matters if you're going in a in a circle otherwise it's not a correct or incorrect lead unless you're asking for one or the other but it takes a lot of balance and a lot of strength to be able to hold the incorrect or the counter canter so so Jason don't worry the mule will open on the left lead it's just trying to get to where we can ask it now here's here's a few of the ingredients first of all I like my transitions to just be smooth and easy. If you're having to beg them and beg them and kick them and and pull the whip out and pull the spurs out and and to you know to get these things to even get into a lope, we're not even worried about leads. So your transitions need to be smooth without worrying too much about leads. So that means you need to be able to go walk trot instantly, trot to walk instantly, trot to lope instantly. Lope to trot instantly. Lope to walk. Walk to lope, and uh, be able to shift up and down through that. Just, just really easy. Once you have that going, then you can start kind of thinking a little bit more about what what develops the lead. What uh, 
what what part of the horse's body, the mule's body, initiates the lead. And that's the hindquarters. These hindquarters are so powerful, or they we want them to be at least. So if I'm trying to get this animal to pick up a left lead, okay, so I need control of the right hind leg and the left front foot. Okay? So the so the right hind, left front, that's what constitutes a left lead. The better I can get that hip over, the better I can move and control that hip, the better I can initiate a lead. And this takes a lot of time, but we've in the clinics, you know, we teach the four methods of moving the hind quarters. And if if you're not familiar with that, you know, uh, you can look back on some of our YouTube channel, our video library, of course, and other other parts there, you know, among all the things that we do to find that information. Of course, we teach it at the clinics, but. If you can get control of those hind quarters, Jason, that'll really help you. And as far as helping them kind of pick up that left lead, you know, I like to do it on the angle, meaning um, maybe I'd be loping, picture yourself loping down the arena in, in your, or, or excuse me, picture yourself trotting down the arena, and you're kind of going around the arena to the left at the trot. The better you can feel those diagonals working at the trot, the better you're going to be able to feel that lope and, and the correct leads and when to ask for that correct lead. But you're just going to kind of get a feel of the feet. And when you feel these feet hitting the ground as they're coming off, that's your chance to ask for left lead. So I would pay attention to the right hind foot as I'm trotting. And that'll take care of the left front anyways. But I'll, I'll be paying attention to that, that right hind. And I'd feel it as it hits the ground, feel it as it leaves the ground. Hits the ground, leaves the ground. And I'd try to get some timing there. And as I'm feeling of that, I'm going to take the mule off to the left and try to pick, get right up into that lope going to the left as that foot is leaving the ground. By the time you, you sort all this out, it might be just right to where you pick up that left lead. And if you didn't, if they're on the right lead going to the left, that's okay. Another thing I like to do, Jason, to pick up these correct leads is I'll, I will trot a really high trot, just your big extended trot. And I will, I will make circles, maybe 30-foot circles. And and I'll trot, 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 that high trot. And just as soon, just as soon as, as the mule's ready, they'll set up and they'll lope. And then they'll often pick up the correct lead doing that as well by you letting them. So I'm just getting them ready to lope. I'm not asking them to lope. I'm just getting them ready, that high trot. And a lot of times when you just let them roll over into the lope on their own, they pick up the correct lead because they want to naturally be balanced. A lot of times when you guys are having trouble with the getting this correct lead, it is often because we are causing some brace in the mule, and the mule braces against us, be it our legs, our hands, seat, whatever. They brace there, and when they're bracing, remember, they can't brace with any part of their body 
without bracing down on their feet, of course. And if their feet are braced up, well, then you're not going to be able to pick up these correct leads when you want. You're not going to be able to move these feet when you want. You're not going to have control of the hindquarters. And so a lot of times we can get in the way of that. So building that softness all the way up, all the way up to where you even begin to work on, on leads is, is very important. And then it takes practice. And as you're practicing, Jason, when you finally pick up that left lead, I know what you're going to want to do because it's what I want to do all the time is, I, oh, finally got it. Let's keep it. And you want to lope around on that left lead for a while. But we should do just the opposite of that. They finally get it. Then you ought to relax and just go back to walk. And I might, it might take me a half hour to finally get that left lead. And then I do, I might spend the next five minutes just walking, just walk. Loose rain, on course on a loose rain. And shoot, before you know it, it'll get better. And you also have to consider their physical strength, their physical stamina, their muscle development. Um, it's going to take them a long time because sometimes they do get so braced up that they will just, they'll only pick up one lead for you. And that's, that's due to the, the way they've braced up against you, that they're bracing to your questions. And so it might take a while to build up the muscle to, to develop that other lead as well, too. So anyways, Jason, uh, please let me know what you think of this, uh, these answers for you. I appreciate the question. Okay, the next question came in from Shanna uh, Kogshal. I'm sorry if I just killed that name. Uh, anyway, Shanna, thank you. Maybe it's Shanna. I don't know. Thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Her question is, how does she, basically, how does she mentally get past the transition from walk to trot? She says her mule has a big trot, uh, and it and it kind of scares her uh, to get into this trot. Janet, this is a very important question, because uh, the one side of me says, you know what, you need to get out there and trot. You just need to just do it. To get familiar, you just have to do it. And that is true. But the other thing that I've come to realize lately, and this is kind of the last two years, I've kind of changed my thinking on some of these transitions. And the reason I changed my thinking on some of these transitions was so many times in the clinic, I'd try to get somebody to work on the trot or the lope, and they just couldn't ride. They'd just flop around so bad that it inhibited the mule or the horse's uh, desire to, for one, to honor the, the question to actually do it when they ask. But also, uh, gosh, it was so uncomfortable to a person that it scared them even more. So if you can develop your seat better, you develop your balance, develop the way you ride, and get to where you, you ride really confident, I think that's the first thing you got to make sure that you can do. Make sure your saddle's adjusted right, too, because a lot of times... You guys adjust your saddles because mo most of my audience are recreational riders. Most of you listening right now, I would bet the majority of you are recreational riders and uh, you enjoy trail riding and being with your family, things like that, friends. So most of you have your, your stirrup set f so that your knees don't bother you too much on a trail ride. So you could ride all day and you won't get too sore. And that's great. Um... But a lot of times you guys will ask them to trot, and you'll realize very quickly that that instead of riding balanced uh, 
basically writing in an athletic stance, you're writing just on the tippy toes um, or just the balls of your feet, and you're not really balanced in there. And so when you start trotting, next thing you know, you're really reaching with your tippy toes. And um, this can throw you off balance. This makes it harder to ride a trot. So my suggestions on how you can mentally get past this transition, how you can talk yourself into this basically. Number one, just work on your balance and work on your quality of riding at the walk. Number two, just do this in small increments. And if your mule's not experienced enough to hang in there with you while you do this, um, if meaning what I mean is if your mule doesn't quite know, you know, how to just get right into that trot for you, I would spend a lot of time developing a slow, medium, and a fast walk. So you need to be able to shift up and down through those transitions, slow, medium, fast walk. Then when you get into the trot, you'll have a little bit of a foundation so that you can shift up and down there too. But I would do short increments, and I'd work on the walk to the trot transition, trot to the walk. So for, for a week or so, so you can get some confidence, you might not even carry that trot for more than like five strides. You might just trot five strides back down. You don't even have to do five strides. You can do like two strides and go back down to the walk. But you've got to develop that balance. And I like to sit the trot as best as I can. Some mules are a bit rougher and you might have to, you might kind of want to post. That's okay. I'd get to where you're confident posting and sitting the trot. So, what I'm saying, basically my answer to your question is, take your time, build your balance, that's important. Set this up for success for the mule. Do small increments, shifting up and down, lots of transitions, and before you know it, you can try it anywhere you like. But I think the thing that really answers your question, because her main question was how to mentally get past this transition, so it's kind of her fighting her head, is... If you build that foundation at the walk to where you can shift slow, medium, fast walk, you will be just fine. That'll give you some confidence. Okay? Good question. Shauna, Shauna or Shana? Sorry, I don't know how to say your name. Um, let me know what you think of that. Let me know what you, uh, your thoughts on that answer. Thank you for the question. All right. Next question comes from Betsy Skinner in Florida. Betsy. How you doing? Uh, Betsy says, my mule is a compulsive backer. Uh, basically, the mule is to avoid whatever she's trying to get it to do. It just wants to back up. So there's two parts to this too, Betsy. Number one, be careful when you're working that you don't put them in this situation where they feel the need to flee the scene. A lot of times the mules get to where they want to flee the scene. The horses want to flee the scene. They want to leave because they get a bigger dopamine hit. They get the release when they're away from you. And and it's because I've seen a lot of mules fly backwards, and, and I've seen a lot of horses fly backwards. I see a lot of horses bolt, and they don't look too troubled while they're bolting. Um, they they're kind of look good, actually, like, oh, this feels better. So, Betsy, as you're working your mule, set things up for success. Set things up for yes answers so that you get you get a mule that is searching for answers for you rather than 
on the resisting frame of mind. You've Betsy's been to a few clinics of mine and she's followed for a long time. But you Betsy, you've heard me talk about uh that that working, that answering frame of mind, and you've heard me talk about the resisting uh frame of mind. So when they get to backing like this, they're obviously in the resisting frame of mind. So try to set it up to where they are in that nice, calm, working, thinking frame of mind. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're they're dull and dead, you guys. Make sure you actually when they're in a working frame of mind, they're often alert. Their ears are alert. They're they're interested. They're you can tell them they're thinking. They're they're focused. They're not like dead and dull and just hanging out. Okay. So that's the first part, Betsy, is kind of that relationship deal where you get them answering questions nicely. Number two would be, well, just the very first groundwork exercise that we ever do, Betsy, would fix this up. And if that's if that's the only exercise you got good at, if that was it, you would never have this problem again. And that very first step in the groundwork we've talked about already, I think, was clearing the front and doing these little little uh, quarter circles, half circles, or full circles, and stopping. Just clearing the front, stop. Clear the front, stop. If you can just get control of that front end and be able to send it one way or the other, why, if they get to flying backwards ever, if that happens, if you put them in that situation, well, you can also always just send them off one way or the other, and you can, you can stop that uh, flying back. So... Those are my two suggestions for you, Betsy. Work on that relationship. Work on that first piece of the checklist on the ground. That's a good question, Betsy. Thank you. Let me know what you think of that. Okay, next question. This is a this is a simple one. Um, Carol Drogul. Drogul. Sorry, Carol, if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, she's from France, and she wrote in, had a question about bit fitting. She says, in all my videos, the bit looks really low. And wondering how I fit the bit. Um, so let's talk about the two types of bits that I use. I use a snaffle bit for that progression, and then I use a, a half breed or a spade bridle bit um, as as finishing progressions during the two rein and the bridle. So both of those, I I carry. I have my mules carry those bits the same way. Basically, I adjust it so that the bit is just touching the corner of the mouth. There's no wrinkles. Um, a lot of you, like me, maybe grew up or began your riding thinking that you had to put wrinkles in a mule's mouth to, uh, or, or a horse's mouth to, to make sense to him. But, you know, it was just a light bulb moment when I had explained it. It was explained to me. It was explained to me by uh, Buck Branneman. And, you know, we, we're trying. We spent all this time... Uh, spend all this time trying to get these mules to operate off of a feel. And if we was to put these wrinkles in their mouths to hang these bits, we're basically telling that mule, hey, when I stretch your lip like that, it means nothing. You can go ahead and get dulled up to that because there's nothing there and there's no way out of it. So you just need to chill and, and, uh, and take it. That's what we're saying when we put wrinkles in their mouth. Simple as that. When we let it just touch the lips loosely, just touch the lip loosely. I mean, I'm not, uh, this bit's not hanging down like 
banging them in the the front teeth it's it's just touching their lip the corner of the mouth that way when i pick up on it and i and i manually put maybe there is a wrinkle cause so when i pick up on it if the meal's a little bit more dull that means something there's some meals that are so light and you keep them light they're born light you guys they are born so light and sensitive if you can only keep them that way but if you you can just get to where you pick up on that rain just a little feel just like you're leading rain on the ground and you don't even have to take the slack out of that rain really and they'll respond that's what i'm looking for so that's why i don't have any wrinkles in the mouth anymore i used to if you was to watch me ride 10 12 15 years ago you'd see wrinkles in the mouth and that's what i thought i thought i had to put one or two wrinkles in until I had it explained to me, and it was just like a uh, no-brainer moment. And I just, you know, kind of thought, oh, geez, can't believe I've missed that all these years. But you know what? You don't know what you don't know. So it's good to ask these questions so that you can learn. This is why questions are important, so we can learn. And I hope five years from now I'm five years smarter. And maybe I'll, I, I, I'm sure hoping there will be some changes in what I do in five years. But this is how we learn. So good question, Carol. I just like it touching the corner of the mouth, both both in the snaffle progression and the bridle progression, just touching. Um, the only thing difference in adjustments between a snaffle bit and a bridle bit is the curb strap or the chin strap, call it whatever you want. The In the snaffle, the curb can be very loose. The curb is just there to help uh, stabilize that bit. Um, so I would never pull it through the mouth. That's what it's there for. And it has a little signal on each side um, as you pick up on those reins. But but it's really just there, so, you, so the bit would never get pulled through the mouth and hurt hurt the mule. That's what, that's the snaffle, okay? On the bridle bit, the curb absolutely matters. You'd like it uh, ideally between one finger and two fingers tight. So you, could, you should only be able to fit one to two fingers uh, below their, their chin uh, and that curb strap. Because in a bridle bit, you operate off the curb. That's what that's what we're operating off of. We're not operating off the mouth at that point, contrary to uh, what a lot of us think. Uh, I'm not interested in operating off the mouth when they're in the bridle bit. It's that curb would be the only signal. And the only signal I really need to send at that point as well would be just for collection. That's it. So thanks, Carol. Uh, Appreciate you asking the question all the way from France. That's pretty cool. So, well, that's it for the questions today. And obviously, I don't have any live questions since I'm recording this. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to our online video library. If you have not had a chance to check out our online video library, go to tsmules.com, click on the online video library tab. Uh, we got over 150 videos now. Um, on that video library and I got a whole bunch in editing. Uh, I got dozens in editing and I got um, another 100 or 200 lined up over the next uh, year and a half that will be released. So we got a lot of really good content coming your way. Um, you can also follow the full length videos of our Daily Diaries on there. If you've, I hope you're subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, you can do that on our website too. Go to tsmules.com. It'll pop up and ask you if you want to subscribe to the newsletter. Make sure you say yes, and um, you can watch the Dally Diaries. But on the online video library, 
I'm giving you full-length videos and uh, also bonus videos too, just extra stuff, extra stuff. So uh, I, re- I it's been a lot of fun playing around with that. Got a lot of really good feedback from that. And if you have feedback for our video library, I would love to hear it. You can send me an email, ty at tsmules.com. One last thing, if I could ask you, if it's not too much, if you're not too busy today, would you please leave a review and a rating? If you, Especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, just leave a five-star review on there. Click Submit. And uh, if you have time, type out something. Tell me what you think. Say hello even, whatever you want. And then if you could share this episode with your friends, just send it to one of your friends that maybe could could hear some of this information, maybe could use this. I would really appreciate it. And if you ever have a question for Mule Tip Tuesday, just send me an email, tie at tsmules.com, and put it in the subject question for Mule Tip Tuesday, and I will get it on the list. So, hey, thanks for watching today. Thanks for spending your time with me today. Get out there, hang out with your mules, hang out with your horses. God bless you, and we will see you next week.